Easter 2004. I'm a student at Belmont trying to graduate, figuring out what that looks like. And you got to go home for Easter. So I make the long trek, what, 15 minutes south to Brentwood to my parents' house. And I walk in the door and I see that flag. I said, hey, dad, dad's in the room today and he can confirm or deny all of this after this. Where'd that come from? I know where it came from, but I got to ask the question. We've petitioned for my entire life to get tickets to that tournament. Where'd that come from? Dad had uh, no excuses on this one. Sorry, dad, um, because these flags are dated and it also has the name of the tournament on it. My uncle, George, had petitioned the masters, as far as I know, forever for tickets. We'd never gotten them until I found out that we actually did on that Sunday on Easter when I walked into mom and dad's. Just so y'all know, a life goal of mine is to get there. Dad knew that too. So I come in, dad, where'd you get that? Like, what's up? By the, it's Easter, by the way, it's a happy time. My heart was in the wrong place. And dad said, well, uh, we, uh, we got tickets. Like, just so y'all know, in 2004, the masters finished on Easter Sunday. So the tournament's happening as we're talking. So what do, you, what do you mean you got tickets? Like we've been waiting our whole life for this moment. You got tickets? Yeah, we got tickets. I was so mad. At 22, goodness gracious, it was just like Easter's over. Cancel the whole thing. They went. And I'll never forget it. Dad looked at me and we, we laugh about it now. He looked at me and he said, the only way you're gonna graduate in three weeks is if you go to class. I said, I can retake the class. No, no, you can't. Turns out Belmont costs money, right? Um, a lot of money. So here's what happened. Dad came in and said, uh, you're taking 21 hours, right? I'm like, yeah, dad, I gotta graduate. Turns out if you go to Sanford and halfway through switch to Belmont, a lot of those credits don't transfer. So in order to graduate in four years, I gotta hammer this thing out. And dad knew, dad knew that if I spent three days in Augusta, it'd be awesome, but I wouldn't graduate. Wouldn't graduate. Because at Belmont, you can't miss class. You have to go. My father knew best in that case. Now, dad's right over here, probably sporting a bow tie. There he is. Hey, pops. Um, dad, uh, dad knew best in that one. Dad would also argue that he doesn't know best in everyone. Why? Because as a dad now, me, I, I understand this. I'm, not, I'm human. I make mistakes. But I want to make the argument this morning that there is one who always knows best in every single case. There is one who knows best in every case. And you have to make that transition, earthly father to perfect heavenly father who knows best in every case and he's never goofed it up. Today is predicated on, on really one thought, on one thought, that hard truth from a perfect heavenly father is worth attaching your whole life to. 
hard truth from a perfect heavenly father is worth attaching your whole life to. Let me press that a hair further. When I'm reading in this and I'm learning to be more and more consistent as I try and follow this king, um, I will run into what I will deem and call hard truth in this text. I'll be like, oh man, that's, eesh, I don't, I don't know how to reckon that. And here's what I found walking with Jesus a little bit is that most often the hard truth that I see here in the long run, y'all, it becomes unspeakably beautiful and completely freeing because it's from him and he's fully, fully trustworthy. Unspeakably beautiful, completely freeing. He's good like that. Let me show you. Let's stand together if you would. First John is the book. First John is the book. And you're like, gee, we were just in John. I'm like, yeah, same guy, same guy, right? Here we go. First John three is where we are. It's got the truth that we need, you and me. Three verses today. First John five, starting verse 11. John says it this way, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Get this and let it just, just hear this scripture brand new. Whoever has the son has life. Let me just say it again. The gospel's good news. Whoever has the son has life. The hard truth, whoever does not have the son does not have life. Verse 13, John says, I write these things to you. In other words, this book, who believe in the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Let's pray together. We'll jump in. Father, we, we, we love this book. We realize there's some truths in it that almost offend us in moments. We don't really, it's hard. By your spirit, would you show us how unspeakably beautiful and completely freeing your son is. And may it change us for good. In Jesus' name, amen. You may have a seat. Truth be told, we could, uh, we could have stopped this service in so many ways after that baptism, right? That was the gospel in a nutshell. Beautiful, that's what it's supposed to look like. Just come out and give invitation after that. He comes in, John, and what you gotta love, context is key. And you're going, okay, we're going from the gospel of John and now we're really hitting the fast forward button and we're going all the way into 1 John. We're getting close to the back of the book. Context is key here. What's going on in the text that he's so incredibly practical. You have really bad theology creeping its way into the church. They're saying Jesus is this, Jesus is that, he's not this, he's not that. And what you have, you have a group of believers who are trying to do this thing right, who are trying to walk close with Jesus and, and they need some guidance. So John comes in and he says, whoa, 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 whoa. And here's what I love about this text. All these other people are saying all of these things completely inaccurate. And John comes in, and this is the whole spiel of 1 John. He is having a Buddy the Elf moment. It's my favorite movie, sorry, but we're going there. And he is literally saying out loud, I know him. 
Like I've, I've got, I know him. I can spot an imposter like crazy, but I, I know him. And maybe more seriously in the tone of this moment, to all of the Christians that are within sight, within earshot, within um, reading of this text, he's saying, I know him. I've walked with him. And I can tell you as an eyewitness that Jesus Christ is exactly who he says he is. And John comes in and he's an eyewitness. Well, who, who's John? Scholars say, yes, wrote the gospel of John, first, second, third John, and then moving on from there, you get into the book of Revelation. He knows Jesus and what you need to know, John the apostle is different than John the Baptist. Two different guys altogether. John the apostle, John the Baptist, two different guys. John the apostle, crazy cool story. Um, this whole thing starts, and you're gonna know this, like he starts, he's fishing, and he's with his brother James, and a guy named Jesus walks up and says, come on, it's time. They literally leave dad in the boat. I'm telling you, there's something about him. This Jesus that we talk about, that we sing about. They leave dad, Zebedee, in the boat. And they start following this king everywhere. And Jesus ends up saying over and over through the gospels, like, Apostle John, that's the, that's the one that I love that one. He loves them all, but it was almost a special designation to John. John walked with him. I mean, literally everywhere. Present at the transfiguration. Present at the last supper. Goes to the garden. Jesus, wake up, wake up. This, this is going down. This is happening. John's there. Y'all, John has seen it, seen him and who does Jesus on the cross commend his mother to? John, the writer of this book. And John says, here's my testimony. It's all true, I know him. So all this bad, 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 bad doctrine, bad theology, bad uh, truth about Jesus that's not right. No, 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 I know him, hear from me, this is my testimony. And then you get in 1 John and you get to this first verse and we're gonna walk through all three. He says, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. I love how Dr. Danny Aiken puts it. He says, having Jesus in this moment equals eternal life. Like in the son, you get eternal life. And he then finishes his quote and says, this is God's testimony. So you have John's, John is a, a mere man, but he walked with Jesus day in and day out, saw the miracles, saw the resurrection, all of it. And he's even saying, okay, that's my testimony, but greater than mine is the father's testimony, the perfect heavenly father. And the father comes in and says, this is the testimony that he gave us eternal life and this life is in his son. It's a gift, it's a gift. And I wanna explain it really this way. Uh, I had a buddy maybe five, six years ago tell me this. And when you look at this, it's, it's a gift from the father. I'm like, I don't deserve that. I, I don't deserve this. Like you don't know my past. You don't know what I've done, but the father does because he's all knowing. And he knows that you and I have a past. He knows it, knows every piece of it. 
Genesis 3 is real. The fall happened. And after the fall happened, it gets really, really serious here. Man deserves a penalty. The father knows this. Genesis 3 is real. We're still living with the shockwaves, the aftershocks of that. Genesis 3 is real. And in this, in this moment, they deserve a penalty. And here's what the goodness of the father is. Knowing that you and I deserved a penalty, the father does this. He goes, I'll be the penalty. I want them and I want them to know me. And so I will be the penalty. And the way that I'll be the penalty is the penalty will be the exact representation of me in the form of the son. And this son will be a gift to all so that they can know that this is true. The father and his goodness, I'll be the penalty. I'll take it all on me so that they can know me once again. Context is key. You get to this next verse and this is where the hard truth really hits. And I don't know if you follow Jesus in this room, you're kind of wondering who is he, what is he about? I'm really curious and that's cool. I like that you're there. And I wanna argue to you all over again that hard truth from a perfect heavenly father is worth attaching your whole life to. Because here's what it comes in and here's what he says. Verse 12, whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son does not have life. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever doesn't have him does not. When my dad showed up and I was frustrated about the flag and he's like, that's your flag, by the way, you're kind of being a jerk right now, but you're, you're free to take that home. Um, we'll go sometime. It hit me, dad said, the only way you graduate in three weeks is if this happens. It's the only way in. He was right. He was right. In the long run, I saw that to be true. Much more so a perfect heavenly father shows up one who's never made a mistake. He says, Here, here's this truth for you. Genesis three happened and I've brought life. Genesis three happened and I brought life. When I was a high school kid, um, even now as a college kid and now at 40 with three kids and I have no idea what I'm doing, um, zero. Here's what I found. Christianity to me, and I've learned this, is no longer, if you've got the son, you have to obey. Like we've gotta move on from that. Like I've gotta move on from that. It's not that you get the son and you want to obey. Like Matt Papa used to say, the first act that you're supposed to do is, it's not to, not to behave, but to behold. It's really the first act is coming here. I don't need to obey perfectly here. I, I want life. And out of finding life, not a set of rules that I gotta make sure I get right that looks like legalism here. No, it's turning to Jesus and finding unspeakable beauty and complete freedom in Christ through the gift where the Father goes, I'll be the penalty, I'll take it all on me because I want to know them and I want them to glorify me for the rest of my days, forever, to enjoy him. And you go, gee, aren't there like, there's like commandments to follow, there's rules, right? Yes. But let me tell you this, I love 
following those things. I don't get it perfect, but my heart's desire is to follow those things because of the life that I have found in Jesus and not the other way around. It's the life that I found in him. Only way, Christ. Verse 13, I write these things, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. How do you know? It's getting kind of deep for 952. Um, How do you know that you've got him? What I love about John in this moment, when he's saying, I know him, he is coming into the brotherhood and saying, hey, I'm reassuring you, if you've got Christ, if you've given your life to him as Lord and Savior, you've got him. Don't listen to the bad theology that's invaded. You've got Christ, you're good, you're set. But here's what I love. In the Greek, this word, uh, go back to it real quick, oida, oida, no. Says it this way, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may oida, know that you have eternal life. Oida, what is that? Absolute, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know. You know. My question to you this morning is do you know? Do you know this King? Attendance at BBC is one thing. Knowing who Jesus is, is eternal life. Do you know him? Hard truth from a perfect heavenly father is worth attaching your whole life to. Whole thing. I remember the moment for me when that happened. Uh, It was uh, sixth grade for me. I was at camp. What do I remember most about that moment going in? They had crinkle cut fries that night. (laughs) Kid you not, I still remember them. I can almost smell them. Almost as good as Chick-fil-A ones, they're close. But camp food, you go with it. If it's good, down it. But I remember this, and I'll I'll just straight shoot. My, My students, if you're in here, you know this story. There were two girls on the other side of the line. I was in sixth grade. My parents got me on a bus. Didn't know anybody. Turns out they were right about that too. There you go. And I get there, crinkle cut fries, that's all I remember. And these two girls on the other side of the crinkle cut fries said simply this, God changed my life last night. And I went, they're talking to each other. I just overheard them. I put my tray down. I walked outside this massive room that housed like all the food. And I remember sitting against the wall and I was so mad because I had never had that moment with, I didn't know him like that. I knew him like, hey, Garrett, get your khakis on. Let's get to church. And my parents, they were right. Let's go, we gotta get there. But I remember the moment when I knew, oida. I remember laying there sitting against that wall. And I said, Lord, if you're really real, if this whole thing is true, all the testimony of this book is right on. I just wanna know. And I'm cool if you just show up at worship in the next hour, I'm, I'm down for that. And I remember walking in, I heard the text, it was the book of John and I was free. I'll never, never forget that. And this guy starts giving the invitation and he goes in just, he literally said, in just a moment, if you want to stand. 
And I didn't, I didn't know which way was up, so I'm up. Like, I'm up. In just a moment, if you want to stand, and there's this lonely sixth grader in the middle of the room going, oh, no, this is my worst moment as an introvert sixth grader. And you're like, that's something changed. Yeah, you're right. Um, but an introvert sixth grader, and I'm like, I, uh, nobody is standing. And I was like, I just need to know Jesus. Whatever you're talking about, I got to have him. I got to know him because I don't know him, and I want to know him. Do you know him? You're like, how, how do I know that I know? And I just want to read you one verse. We're not going to put it on the screen, but here it is. Same book, 1 John 2, 5 and 6. By this we may know that we're in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which Jesus walked. I wasn't perfect in that moment standing up, accepting Jesus, knowing that my life was changed. I wasn't perfect, was not. But the birthmarks were there, as Warren Wearsby says. I noticed in my heart, there was started to be fruit a couple weeks later. I had a hunger, I, like I wanted to know the Bible. I wasn't perfect at it, but I, I knew Jesus was offering somebody, uh, offering something and it was life. It wasn't a rule book, it was life for me. And as a sixth grade kid, that blew me up and it started changing things and I knew him. Oida, beyond the absolute certainty, that was the moment for me. And I wanted to walk in the way that he walked. And my question for you is not one of guilt, but one of hope. The gospel is good news. Do you know him? Do you know him? You don't have to kind of know him or be pretty sure that you know him. The Greek here says you can be absolutely sure that you know him. We wanna give you a moment with every head bowed and every eyes closed. I'm, I'm not gonna uh, embarrass you, not gonna do anything like that, but with nobody looking around in the silence of this moment, we as a, a, a church wanna give you an opportunity. We want you to know him. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're a believer in this room, you're praying for other folks in this room. That salvation would reign in this moment, in these moments. If you want to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in this moment, and you're all in, the Spirit is working on you, awesome. There's no pressure here at all. But if you want Jesus in this moment, just look up at me. Just make eye contact with me, and I'll lead you through a prayer in the silence of your heart. If you wanna give Jesus your whole entire life and know, not that you need to doubt this, but really John comes in and assures the people, if you've already got Jesus, cool, you're good. But if you don't, would you trust beautiful truth from a perfect heavenly father? If you're looking up at me now, I want you to pray this prayer in the silence of your heart. Jesus, in this moment, I give you my life. I need you to forgive me. I've got a past, but I've heard by your blood, you wiped that away. Would you create in me a clean heart? Set my feet on a rock and may by your spirit, 
I wanna look like you all the rest of my days. Save me, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen. As we move to the exits in just a minute, we're gonna have some warm bodies down here. There will be several ministers that will be right down front. There'll be several ministers in what we call the Apple store outside that, that glass building that's kind of sharp. Folks will be in the Apple store out there. There'll be ministers down front here. Here's my whole thing to you. If you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, the Holy Spirit has moved in your life in this moment. Tell us about it. If you've given him your whole life, can we just smile with you and then get you in a life group, get you accountability and help you journey, give you brothers and sisters that will walk with you. Our friends are down here. They're ready to meet with you. Whenever Travis dismisses in just a minute, out there, in here, we'd love to meet with you.